to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you today, Logan? If there's ever a day that I'm never always with you, then something's gone awry. Um, either I'm dead or I've completely quit the podcast. But well, there's there are days that I'm not there's here. Been there's been times. Where I, <laughs> you've been you've been on the show more than I have. I would say I also started I it before my, you too, so I had like a 16 just, episode head start or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just need you to take a sabbatical for like a month. I, look, I can do I, that. I, I, that sounds I've nice. Decided, <laughs> I've decided though, like if if that was going to happen, I would probably have somebody else on, like a, yeah, rotating. Because yeah. I I don't know I don't know how you do it by yourself. <laughs> Oh, we're live. <laughs> There's the cat. You're not. Yep, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> That's going to go. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, you know. Oh, sorry. I was well, looking for happens. something. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> we have some big news today. Uh, what a perfect day to fire a manager. Uh, right on the day that we're recording. So I'm very, very excited about. Not to sound morbid about somebody losing their job, but very excited to dive in and talk about that as uh, Frazier has left the building. Uh, Colorado Rapids have fired Robin Frazier. Um, uh, so I think I had him as on the hot seat like a few weeks ago. I, I kind of figured at some point, at some point he has to be. It's been two years removed since they uh, were top of the West. Logan, I didn't even realize how far down they are now. Like, I knew they were bottom, but they're actually 10 points. 10 points off the next bottom place, which is where the Galaxy reside. That's how bad it's gone for this team. Now, I know I saw a lot of fans say, you know, this isn't Robin Frazier's fault. Like, the, you know, they're not spending. Uh, though I did see some Colorado fans say, well, actually, they are they've spent more this year than they did the year that they won it all, uh, you know, in the West. So I guess I'll ask you fair or not, uh, Frazier out. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess 16 goals scored this year. Um, the Rapids who were in, I believe they finished first in the Western conference last year, didn't they? Two years like ago. Like they were, was that two years yeah. ago? Gosh, it seems like it last it year. It does feel like um, last year. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just a really good finish and then had to drop off suddenly. Uh, 
16 goals scored in the league this year. And uh, which before is- you go on, I want to talk about those goals scored real quick because let's not forget the first like four weeks of the season, SKC had not scored, and now they've scored 36. So, I mean, not a good look. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's been a disaster. Um, and I think, you know, this team has had success in the past. So I think that they're that the fan base is at least used to seeing success. But I mean, they've they in their transfer windows, they brought players back like Cole Bassett. Um, there's guys that they've latched on to um, brought back into the fold and things haven't worked out. Um, Jack Price isn't what he used to be um, and oftentimes hurt. So it, it really is. It's like the staple of what made Colorado so successful. Um, it's just not been. Um, Robert Frazier finishes with the Rapids, 47 wins, 48 losses, 34 draws um, in all competitions. Um, so a, a below 500 mark um, for a manager that I think lands somewhere else in the offseason, I would guess. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see where that goes from here. Um, and then I think, you know, they're not a team that can spend a whole ton. Um, they seem to have decent ownership that's willing to at least kind of play around the market, but they're not one of these big spenders like LAMC, um, like an NYCFC or Miami. Uh, they're not just going to go out and, you know, splurge on a bunch of guys. Um, Colorado not necessarily being known for bringing players in. So it'll be an interesting rebuild. I think it'll be um, a long rebuild and long, I think, what needs to be an overhaul. They've got some good pieces, um, but I, I really do. I think the team needs a hard reset, um, and I think that's ultimately where this has started. So uh, I think this is signing up for a pretty rough and, and rocky road for the next two to three years. Yeah, look, the Rapids ownership just doesn't really seem to care about this team, it seems like. But I do think Robin Frazier probably, you know, I, I do think it is fair to fire him at, at this point. Uh, last year wasn't spectacular either, if I remember correctly. I'm pulling up the standings from 2022 now as we speak. Uh, the Rapids finished 10th. Uh, that was back when you needed to get seven to uh, get in the playoffs. So from first place in the West in 2021 to 10th in 2022 to now sitting bottom, which is 14th. I mean, that's just a steady decline. Well, it's not a steady. It is a, a big drop. It's like a roller coaster. Um huge drop from one year to the next. And then now you're bottom by 10 points and you're not scoring goals. I can understand the frustration if you know, you're thinking that the management isn't doing enough and stuff, but uh, it's kind of sometimes it's on the manager too. And I'm not saying that like it's all his fault or whatever, but look, obviously what he's doing is not helping anything. And if this is the way they're going to run the team, then I'm guessing it's not going to be, uh, it's probably better for Robin to leave at this point uh, for the team and for him too. I mean, I, I imagine it can't be that much fun managing a team that's this bad either, but I wanted to share uh, the Rapids put out a statement around 1 PM Eastern uh, today. It says, dear Rapids family, 
as you receive this email, the club will have just announced the difficult decision to part ways with our head coach, Robin Frazier. This wasn't a decision we took lightly or without considerable thought. So I wanted to take a moment to offer some insight as to why such a change is needed uh, or is necessary and is being made at this time. First, though, I want to recognize Robin Frazier's dedication to our club and his achievements as our head coach. There were several highs during his time with us, most notably the club record season we had in 2021, back-to-back playoff uh, appearances, and the incredible comeback in 2020 to win the Rocky Mountain Cup. We'll always be grateful to him for those memories and his commitment to the badge. Unfortunately, we have also experienced some untenable lows that have culminated in our current reality. A team that is last in the league has scored the fewest goals and has lost another Rocky Mountain Cup and is on the verge of missing out on the playoffs once more. That's simply unacceptable. It's unacceptable for the type of club we want to be, but more crucially, it's unacceptable because this team is capable of much, much more than that. We've seen what the potential of this team can be when we play for our strengths and follow the principles that saw us top the Western Conference not that long ago. Finishing with a club record points total in 2021 wasn't by luck. It was by the result of a systematic approach that built on progress made year over year from 2018 through 2021. We've since deviated from that path, however, and that is ultimately what this change is about, getting back on track, back to being a team that plays to its strength, back to a team that emphasizes player development, Back to being a team that approaches each game with urgency, intensity, and boldness, with a resolute spirit and a burning desire to win. And of course, back to being a team that gets results and makes our supporters proud. You deserve as much. I share your frustration and disappointment for how this season has gone and promise you we will bounce back. We've done so before and we'll do it again. I couldn't be more grateful for the support you've shown the club throughout this difficult stretch and vow to do everything I can to get us back on the path toward the success we all yearn. Sincerely, Padre Smith, Colorado Rapids president. Which is all well and good, but it it does seem like maybe he's not taking any blame uh, for being the president of this club but uh i i think what you would give him right i know some people say well yet you know i saw somebody comment well he still remains i assume you'll probably give him one more coach and if it doesn't work then you probably part hit from him too right like i mean this is a team that we thought had a lot of promise in 2021 when they won the west and now they've just completely plummeted I saw some people suggesting to have ownership sell the team, like force them to. And I'm like, I get we don't really like Stan Kroenke and stuff, but I don't think that they're... Some teams are going to be bad, right? Like, I mean, we kind of rail on those bad teams a lot and all that kind of stuff and what the money that they have to put into the team for all of these teams. But at the end of the day, there has to be a team that finishes last. And when you have other teams that are good, there's going to be some team that under under underperforms and has 16 goals. Every season, there's going to be a team like this. I don't think you can just go around saying, you know, two years after they won the West, be like, well, you can't own the team anymore either. You know, like, I think you have to see if they actually follow through with trying to make some of these changes and then see if it becomes more untenable. Something Rapids do have to do, though, 
Uh, I think there was the report earlier this year that their training facilities are kind of falling apart. They do have to invest in that type of stuff. Not so much the product on the field. If they want to keep owning the team, they have to really put money into the off-field stuff because the rest of the league is passing them by. Yeah, they got exciting young talent too. Um, Darren Yappy. If Kevin Cabral, uh, he started the season pretty well, um, but if if he can find any kind of footing, he's twenty four. Um, Jonathan Lewis is twenty six. Um, he's played in quite a few matches. Cole Bassett, twenty two years old. I mean, they they've got young talent that can play. Um, Brian Acosta is only twenty nine. Like, so that it's not like a completely aging roster. They do have aging pieces that they're going to have to to turn over. Um, but again, I, then you start to work into this idea of um, a coach coming in, and, and if that works. And like you said, Jordan, I think if um, the president, the 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 one in charge of operations, um, is to blame uh, if this goes south even further. That statement's interesting to me, just because the, you don't see clubs do that <laughs> a whole lot. Like they do say, like you know, we like to thank Robin Fraser for his time, but our path is go. But this seemed like a really long apologetic letter, almost like he's afraid of of the fan base almost turning on the team well, or turning. I think people do like, like Robin Fraser as fans. Like, I, I think they probably like yeah. him because of what he did. So I think he felt like right. he needed to get out in front of this. Also. This sounds to me like maybe there was some not great relationship between the president and the coach that you have to come out and say, well, we really strayed away from what we wanted to do. Yeah. We're getting back on track. You, you know, pretty damning. You know what team needs to put out a statement like this? The New England Revolution, where we still have no clue what's going on with Bruce Arena right now. It's been a month. <laughs> it's been a month, I know. Logan. I know. That's what I said. I told you this is not good. Like, this isn't... This is like, and people keep coming out, and you and I have talked about this, like where it can't be good, and what they're saying actually feels more and more true. And you hate to kind of go on an integrity of a person that you don't know and you don't have any facts, but it's got to be bad enough. If the league's looking at it, if the revs are looking at it, if Bruce is not saying anything, like this has got to be bad. Like not even Bruce's people have come out to say, "Hey, uh, everything's fine. We're just going under. You know, it's an investigation." Then they'll. No, it's, it's kind of silent on that front. Um, has he had behavioral issues? I don't feel like he has, has he? Like, I don't, I don't feel like Bruce is... No, I mean, know, all I, of I the players that have ever talked about Bruce yeah, is he's, like, a really great guy and really, like, right. fight for Down the team. And yeah. yeah. I, so I don't know if there's something lost in what he said or, you know, why it would take this long for an investigation. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking we're not going to hear anything until the end of the season. This is MLS. Or once the right? revs are this dropped is... out of the playoffs. Yeah. But this is MLS looking at it, right? I think. Yeah, it, like it's, it's MLS still... investigating yeah. now. Uh, okay. The revs just kind of made them alert of whatever somebody told the them. Handover. And then yeah. MLS is looking into it. Uh, again, it, we can't sit here and speculate on the integrity of your person, but there's so many things that you start to really start to think of. If it's gone on this long, it's not just something that's easily like he didn't you know he didn't curse out a player and that this is what happened like this is if there were for this, <laughs> this far into an investigation of a legendary coach in mls we don't even know what um, the what somebody said he said like we, we have nothing that's what's weird about it like i, I don't understand this would be like imagine know. the nfl is investigating bill belichick and comes out with nothing and there's no reports about it. 
there's nobody that is leaking what's going on. You do, you do realize the, I mean, I know you, you know, uh, who their owner is. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of, of anything. I mean, it, it, Robert Kraft is not a good person. Um, well, I wasn't even thinking because of that. I was actually trying yeah. to link like who's no, I got the most that, legendary, yeah. like current NFL coach compared to like, you know, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, Arena, this would maybe. be like, yeah, this is, this would be like finding out that like, I don't know. Uh, Sean McVay was the crap bag or something like uh, Pete Carroll. Like, well, okay. <laughs> it would be... that, that's already known. <laughs> right. uh, let's see. The, you know what? Now that we're doing this, I'm like, man, there really aren't that many good in. <laughs> yeah. Like, Tomlin's gotten in trouble a couple times now. Like, geez, I would say, I mean, besides the inflate gate, deflate gate, Belichick has had. You know he's not really had any tarnishes against his, and I'm not even sure he really knew what Tom was up to. So mm, yeah, yeah. Well, we're not an NFL podcast. <laughs> okay, the hardball. We'll move on. The hardball. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, just wanted to bring that up again because we've not had any information on that. Very strange. Okay, uh, the stars came out to see Messi versus LAFC. Uh, I have a list here. This was apparently handed out to everybody that was <laughs> doing press for this game. Okay. Uh, notable attendees included Alaman, a musical artist. Never heard of him. King Bach, a comedian, content creator. Be Real, Cypress Hill, music artist. Mookie Betts from the Dodgers. Uh, has a chance of being the NL MVP. Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights, Gerard Butler, uh, Jamie Camille, or Jaime Camille, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They had a spelling error on this. They said Leonard DiCaprio. They had to draw an O. (laughs) Another O. James Harden from the 76ers. Not much longer, though. Uh, Tom Holland was there. Uh, Bobo. Don't know who that is. Musical artist, apparently. Tom Ellis. Will Farrell, of course, was written on his LAFC as he is an owner. Liam Gallagher from uh, Oasis. Selena Gomez was there. She uh, had a pretty gifable moment that people kept sharing. Brendan Hunt, of course, Coach Beard. LeBron James was there. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was there. Prince Harry. Magic Johnson, of course, he's an owner. Mario Lopez. Uh, from Saved by the Bell. Uh, Jolo Maraduena from Blue Beetle. Megan Markle. Toby Maguire. That's right, we had two Spider-Men there. Uh, Nas. Uh, Ed Norton. And an Incredible Hulk. There you go. Uh, Shavo Odajian from System of a Down. Glenn Powell. Rage Against the Machine. Rufus DeSoul. Hannah Stocking. Jason Sudeikis, Oliver Trevania, Tyga, Julio Urias that from the Dodgers. Uh, I guess he got his bail set in time to go to the game. Uh, Owen Wilson, Mario Williams, Caleb Williams, both of those are USC players, and Steven Yoon from The Walking Dead and uh, a whole bunch of other shows. Lots of notable attendees at this game. It helped that it was in LA, right? Like uh, everyone's able to go then. But 
pretty interesting, Logan, to have this happen at a Major League Soccer game. This is more stars than you see at a Lakers game sitting courtside. Yeah, no, I was looking through the list, and I'm like, those aren't just your average run-of-the-mill celebrities. Some of them, the content creator ones, yeah. But yeah, the big ones. But those are A-listers. Like, they're bringing in, like, Selena Gomez, and where she was kind of, like, sit, like, they were all nestled in, like, weird areas. Like, it was really cool to see. Um, But again, and uh, I'm sure we would have been on the list, and, and, uh, you know, sorry to LAFC for not showing up on the Stateside Soccer Show content creation side. Um, We weren't invited, um, but... We um, were. We were actually we a little been... busy. Uh... <laughs> we are B-listers. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, they, it, this is huge. Um, and we talked about this too. Like, it's funny that, that we look at Miami and there was like five to six celebrities showing up to the Miami games when he was first over here and first introduced. But now to see them in LA, and I'm sure it'll be the same way when they visit the Galaxy, um, same way when they visit New York. I'm sure wherever Messi goes, the crowd will follow. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will definitely be at the SKC game. Like, you know, when Miami plays in your hometown, you're going to see your hometown celebrities come out. And I think that's ultimately a good thing because those celebrities tweet about it, post about it. Those athletes post about it. They're, you know, Neymar is going, hey, shouldn't have signed in uh, Saudi. Um, But (laughs) there's no celebrities (laughs) here. What What am I doing? Right. What is this? This is awful. Uh, it's a bunch of oil I think what's interesting, too, is that some of these were fans of L.A. They, they weren't just there to see um, Messi. Like, you had uh, Prince Harry. I mean, the way he was reacting at certain things, it looked like he was definitely rooting for LAFC. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell from Selena Gomez's reactions to the save on Messi's uh, shot, but I mean, she may have been rooting for LAFC. So like it, it is a, you know, pretty interesting, uh, you know, it, it's not like they're just drawn there for Messi. I'm sure that was part of the reason why they went, but some of them went there to still support their team and not just like, Oh, I'm wearing my Messi kit for the day. You know, like they were, they're there to see, uh, LAFC. And, uh, you know, LAFC was kind of hip before this, too. So, I mean, like, it's kind of really making an inroads, just kind of inroads and shows how far LA Galaxy have fallen at this point. Um, this was a good game, too. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But I did want to share uh, Fabian uh, Renkel, who, you know, we've had on before. Uh, he's uh, been part of Tectonic Takes. He's... Uh, now like a writer for Forbes and area sports net. Um, there was a, I guess stat that he tweeted out says air Miami versus LAFC became the most prominent sports related Google trend on Sunday, September 3rd ranking as the third largest trend of the day with a staggering 500,000 searches. So people just constantly searching about this game. Um, pretty interesting. And we've kind of seen some stats that say that the, uh, you know, MLS season pass has more than doubled its subscriptions since Messi's first game has appeared. So it's working, right? It's working worldwide. Uh, this is what was so good about the Apple deal that this is spreading the game around worldwide. 
And when you have a game like this, which was good, you know, LA had some good chances early on in this game. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Miami scores. And you think, well, that's an interesting, (laughs) that's an interesting predicament now that LAFC find themselves in at home. And actually LAFC had less possession. Now they had more shots, 22 to nine but they ended even on shots on goal. But you had Farias score the first goal as he's like sliding, hits the goal in. Jordi Alba scores in the second uh, in the second half in the 51st minute. That one's assisted by Leo Messi and Busquets. So there you go, the three former Barca players linking up. And then uh, you had Campania score in the 83rd minute with an assist by Messi. And then Hollingshead gets a goal assisted by Carlos Vela to pull one back in the 90th minute, but it's too late. And once it was 3-0, I texted you. I was like, this game's done. Like, I mean, obviously 83rd minute, but I was like, they're going to win. Miami needs to win. We've been talking about it. Like, they have some of these games in hand. We, I, I kind of picked this game. I think I, like, didn't pick it, but I was like, hey, this is, like, the obvious pick for pick of the week if you're going to watch a game. And it was great end-to-end stuff. Miami now has 25 points. They're in 14th still, but they are only eight points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand, which means if they win those two games in hand, they're two points away from a playoff spot. It's a really real possibility, Logan, that they get into the playoffs and maybe even make a run and win this thing. They haven't lost since Messi joined. Yeah, did you see the article on MLS? I was reading it today. Um, there was an article on MLS that uh, they asked Messi what the next step was, and he said it is to win this league, and it's this year. Um, so he has his sights set on uh, the playoffs. And then, again, anything can happen in the playoffs. You had a crew team that was not top of the Eastern Conference um, that won an MLS Cup with Caleb Porter. So – Things can happen. Weirder things have happened. And especially in, in soccer, you just need the ball to go into the net uh, once or twice um, to kind of bounce people out of the playoffs that are really good teams. And Jordan, they, they just beat arguably one of the one of the favorites and contenders yeah. for an MLS Cup. And did it away from home, did it trailing, did it in, in a fashion that I didn't think that they could. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's like, you know, I think with – the way that they've got him playing, the way that he's kind of meshed. And, you know, we can speak how good Busquets, how the, how messy, how good they are. But Tata has to have some praise because it is really difficult. And we've seen it with a lot of clubs. It is really difficult to get some players to buy into the system, buy into the team. I mean, we're not a top-tier league, not yet. Um so to get Messi one to come here to for arguably one of the worst teams in MLS all season to bring in three talented players and to have this thing completely turn around where Jordan, if they made the playoffs, I, they might think we're crazy, but like a six or seven could yeah. be favorites uh, to win the playoffs. Like that's, that's insane. Um, and, and it's never happened in sports. Like this has never happened in sports. The last place team after a, a midway point, this has never happened. The closest, like, is... the closest I can think of in this league is yeah. 
when Nico Ladero came in for for in 2016, and they were near bottom. They weren't bottom. They weren't like they were out of a playoff spot. I don't think they were the worst team in the league then. But he led Seattle to making in the playoffs. They also fired Ziggy Schmidt uh, at that point, right? And then they go on this run with Schmetzer and Nico Ladero and win their first MLS Cup. This would be a little different because they were the worst, right? They they were like god awful, and then come in and just run it up the table. Now, of course, they'll have some games without these players because of us playing through the international window. So, but some of these players that are playing are, are well, are not just the three that we mentioned, right? I mean, like Campania's playing well, Farias is playing well, uh, Kermashi, you know what I'm saying? Like th- there's players here that are playing well, that are not the big stars too. So you think, Hey, maybe they could. And if not, let's say they just finished with the U S open cup and they, like just make the playoffs or they just miss the playoffs, but don't win at all. I think most people would think they're favorites next year. Uh, and then they'll also have a champions league to be playing in. It's pretty crazy on what this team can accomplish. And uh, it's exciting. That's part of the playoff push. Part of the watch that we're watching here as we get close to the end of the season, which ends next month, end of next month here is, can they make it? Can they make it? And I think they can. Uh, it'll just kind of depend on those games, probably, when when Messi and them's not playing. Or if they can even just get draws out of those and then be able to get those wins when, you know, Messi and them come back from international duty. Uh, okay, so I wanted to bring up this. Uh, so you may remember a few weeks ago we had somebody comment in our chat. His name was Jose Nunez. He does credentialed media for the union. So I've been following him. He's been putting up some good stuff. Uh, he apparently asked Kai Wagner after the game about, hey, so what's the co- you know situation with the contract? Because Kai Wagner's contract is coming up here. And he kind of asked him, like, do you think we'll see you in a union kit next year? And Kai kind of said no. It sounds like the team hasn't even really tried to sign him, which is mind-boggling. Uh and this is kind of what I've been meaning throughout these last few months. Whenever I bring up this with Messi in Miami and how far will that drive up people, you know, the ownerships buying players and stuff. And I didn't see Jay Sugarman wanting to do that. If he's not even going to spend money on Kai Wagner, then it's not looking good for what happens when these players reach a point where they leave the union and they have to just find another gem hidden in the rough. I mean, Kai Wagner was what, like second division German uh, tier, you know, and then comes over here and starts playing well and is now linked to all these teams. And this is the type of player you want to lock down. It sounds like he wants to be here. And I think that's kind of the problem that the union are going to run into. We've talked about how Cincy are built after the union model, but we know their ownership will spend money. They did that with Brenner. They did that with other players that they've brought over. The union don't. The union look for those diamonds in the rough. And if you now have Miami doing, bringing in the all-stars and you have Cincy 
perfecting your model and doing it better, which is potentially what they're going to do, then where does that leave Philly? Are they going to start becoming a team that's fourth and fifth and, you know, get knocked out in the second round of a playoff? That's kind of the fear I have as a Union fan. But any thoughts, Logan, on the whole Kai Wagner situation? All the Union fans are tweeting right now, sign Kai Wagner. Um, I, I can get it in, in this, in the view of like the perspective, I guess, of if you're a union fan, you would want Kai Wagner to stay Obviously, He's a really good player. Um, but I know over the off season, like they've talked about this multiple times. I remember when he got on a flight and took a picture and they were on their way to Philadelphia with he and the kids like that. They were like, Oh, he's coming back to the States. I thought for sure. It seemed like they had last minute deals that just kind of broke down. Um, last transfer deadline before MLS season started. So that would have been, what, January? I think all the talks broke down. Um, I don't think they got anything off the ground. I do think he's a European player. Um, I think he's at that level. I think that's that's where you kind of run into that. And, and, I mean, to be honest, like I could see the union, and I get it, like you would want to sign your good players. But I think we're still in that point right now. While we're trying to become that league where players are, this is the destination league, still think that the other leagues are still the destination leagues, even though Messi's here. I think it still is going to take some years for guys to want to play here in their prime. Kai Wagner is going to want to play somewhere else in his prime. I could see him. And I'm, what is, is he German? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember if he was German. He is. Um, but again, I, I could see the appeal to play in Europe and, and playing for one of the clubs that he grew up watching or playing against the clubs he grew up watching. I could see that. And, you know, so I don't really blame Philadelphia. It would be nice to know, like you said, Jordan, I think that's where I'd get a little anxious is it would be really nice to know that at least the union are trying, like we've had discussion. I like those way better than the team won't even talk to me. That's always ugly because this happens all the time with, especially um, I'm a Cubs fan, like I hate to bring in other sports, but like, this happens all the time with us where we have no interest in talking to them and we act like a small market club when the Cubs could spend, they've got one of the richest owners. So it, it is, there's hesitancy here. And I think Jordan, you're right in pointing out the fact that like, we're about to expand to four designated players per roster. We're about to expand into a whole different level of money spending soon. Tam gam, Jam, thank you, ma'am. They're all going to be gone. Like every every single one of those categories will be gone. It's not imminent, like right now. But I think you look at this league in ten years, and I do think greed will get to them. Like I think this money or this league will be making a lot of money. The Apple deal is huge. We knew this would be the case. Like we knew money was going to come in. Infusion of talent was probably going to come as well. Messi just escalated things by like 300 degrees. Like, I, I mean, it just, it seems like this is what's been coming. And now Jordan, to get to my point, I think you're going to start to see those mid-level teams, maybe like a union in their spending. They either need to decide they're going to start spending and find a serious owner, or it's going to be just like the other American sports leagues where, you know, like in Orlando city, Philadelphia, Columbus, like those clubs will really struggle because they don't bring in the revenue that, say, a, a New England might be bringing in from Boston, New York, L.A., even though the New York teams are a joke. Um, 
So it'll be interesting. I don't know. It'll see. I guess we'll see. But I, I, Philadelphia, I feel like they're they're in a good, they're in a sweet spot if they could just find an owner that's willing to spend. Because I do think Philadelphia's TV market's pretty good because it's in the Northeast and it's close to a lot of those big markets that would watch them. And, and Pennsylvania is a big state, so again, I think there's a lot of Philly fans, a lot of Union fans. Philadelphia has always performed well in American sports, but again, we're at that point. Like we're at that point. If you don't have a serious owner, you're going to get outspent and you're going to get beat. Yeah, it also wonders how much does a TV market matter when you're, when you're talking about MLS season pass, yeah. right? Streaming now, yeah. I always forget, like, streaming is a huge thing now. So. Um, I would push back a little bit on the Kai Wagner stuff. I'm sure he might want to go overseas and stuff, but I felt like if that's the case, then you had to sell him before this year, before his contract comes up. Now you're losing yeah. him for no reason. And right, uh, he's only 26, and he had a hat trick of assists the other night. You know, like that you probably don't win that game without him. <laughs> so it's just so frustrating uh, with that. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on how that develops throughout the season, I guess. Cincinnati clinched the playoffs and they also are 10 points up any competition for the supporter shield with, uh, they have uh, seven games left. I think they're pretty locked in. I think they win this thing, right? I can't see any of these other teams catching them. Mathematically, it would be almost impossible. Like it's still doable, but like the averages don't play out. Very yeah, well. I wonder how far. <laughs> I wonder how far in advance they can clinch supporter shield. They're they're ten points up. Uh, the New England could be seven within them. So yeah, so then it would take uh, another three games, games for it. Games, so games. probably once they get to thirty or thirty-one games, if they're still ten points up, they should be fine. They should clinch. Yeah. yeah. Math. Yeah. I'm not good at math. So. <laughs> yeah. I think, no, I think you're right. I think it's four games. If they got, if they got 12 points. Yeah. I think they would be mathematically out of reach. So yeah, in a couple games, they could probably clinch this thing. They, up. Could, they could press. What was that LAFC record? Was that 74? 76. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that they'll catch that. I can't remember what it was. It just happened two years ago. Let's do MLS uh, Supporter Shield record. I think it was two years ago, wasn't it? It wasn't last year. It was year before. Uh, Let's see. How many points? Twenty twenty one. No. 2022 2022 lafc had it with 67 points along with the union but that's not the most um new england had 73 in 2020 that's who it was that's who it was yeah i don't see there being any way they catch that right they have 57 they have seven games left right because it's 34 oh that's right yeah so seven times three is 21. I mean, they could, if they would have to win every game, pretty much. Sorry, you said 74 was the record? 73. 73. Okay, 73. So if they have seven Cap games left times three 16. points, that's 21 points that they can still yeah. get, which would put them at 78. But they, again, they'd have to win almost every single game. Okay, so here's their, here's their lineup of teams. Um, Philadelphia, away. Montreal away, Charlotte at home, Toronto away, 
Red Bull at home, Inter Miami away, and then Atlanta at home. It's a lot of away games. Yeah, I don't think they win. I don't think they went out. So I can't yeah. see them breaking the record. But I think they can clinch it before the season and still have the supporter shield clinched, I believe. Yeah. I think so. Hopefully before that Miami game if you're a Cincinnati fan. Get some rest. Yeah, you could rest them or you just, you know, like if you lose that game, you're like, well, we have the supporter shield already. <laughs> Uh, some other bad news here. Maxi Morales tore his ACL after he just returned to uh, NYCFC. So he'll be out for the foreseeable future there. Uh, some transfers that happened. Urkan Kara left Orlando to go to Samsung Spore in Turkey. And Mamadou Fall is on loan to Barcelona from LAFC. And before we get to this uh, U.S. roster... I just kind of want to talk about some of the other games that happened this uh, this weekend because, uh, Logan, I think your team, Orlando, has been playing uh, pretty well. They drew with Charlotte the other night, but then they go out there and they beat Cincinnati to make a one nil victory. They also, what was it last week? They beat St. Was it St. Louis? Yeah. St. Louis two one. So they're beating the top teams in the division. How do you feel? I mean, you lost Urkan car. I'm not sure how big of a loss that is, but um, how do you feel getting ready to go in the playoffs as you've, you know, Orlando has now leapt above the Philadelphia union uh, by a point, a game in hand Philly has though, but, they're sitting in third. They tied with New England. They could conceivably pass them and get second at some point. I felt like we were down on this team earlier, and now they're, like, surging. Against good yeah, teams, the, too. Yeah. The Archankara, uh, that experiment had to end. And you could you could feel the writing on the wall. You could feel that if Duncan McGuire turned into what they think he could be, um, that – Eric Shankara would fall off the mat, and he did. He didn't play. I remember Con- or the yeah Concacaf Champions League matches that I went to. They're, they're starting the kid out of college over Eric Shankara, who was brought in as a designated player to be a top goal threat. Top goal threat. He never became that. He's got great physicality. He's just I just don't know if he knew how to play in this league, um, and that system just didn't play well to him. He's much more of the bruiser in the box. Um, where they couldn't get the ball to him. Uh, whereas Duncan McGuire is a scrappy bruiser. Like he's scrappy. He's quick. He's good clinically. Uh, he's a great passer. So he sets up a lot of goals too. Um, I mean, he's been, I think in more goal contributions than any rookie has ever been in, I want to say. Um, so he's been phenomenal. So that's, that's where the big problem, that's where the big problem was. Jordan was uh, goal scoring, but now Facundo Torres and he, are lighting the world on fire. So we knew that this team had uh, the offensive talent. You and I talked about this a ton um, throughout the offseason. You and I decided that if if and when they eventually did get this going, they could be a dangerous team. Um, and we thought if their defense can shore up any defensive issues that they've had in the past, that this team could be top of the Eastern Conference, like top four. And here they sit, number three, and they seem to have gotten the uh, – goal uh defensive goal issues all kind of solved um robert or robin Janssen playing back there antonio carlos having peter glassie who's playing really well now um was on team of the week 
um, it, I don't know. It's all falling together later than I thought it would. But man, if they had if they'd come together maybe a month or two beforehand, this team would be battling up there at the top. So I don't know. Orlando looks great, um, and they, like you said, Jordan, they, the the most important thing to me is they're beating really good teams, which they've always really struggled to do. Uh, and they're beating them at home too, <laughs> which was a real issue last year. Right. So, that was the joke last uh, year. Is yes. that, you know, well, if you're at home, well you're, you're going to lose, you're going to win. <laughs> yeah. So no, man, I, this is the most excited I've been for Orlando. They've looked really good. Um, and then they look like it's again, one of those teams catching fire right at the right time. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're playing pretty well. So I, I definitely want to highlight them there because that was a uh, really shot up the table. It felt like they were kind of like fifth and sixth at some point. Oh, we were flirting with six. Yeah, and then for a boom. Long time. Yeah. But they're all kind of bunched up there. Really, if you look at Nashville up to New England, a couple games, seven to second, no problem. <laughs> you know, like right. seven points. Um, a bad week could end it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just want to kind of highlight them there. New England is still kind of doing their thing while we wait for news about uh, about Bruce Arena. But did you see the tweet earlier this morning about Bruce? I just saw it on Twitter. No, uh, I don't know who this person is. I can't find it again. Um, but I think it was a former player uh, or coach or somebody tweeted out that was on the staff or is still on the staff with Bruce and said basically like. I just want to thank you for all the morning conversations and you know, it's meant a lot to me over my career mm. kind of thing, which is very odd to tweet unless you know something. Yeah. I, I'm assuming he's probably, even if nothing just happened, resigns. even if nothing happened, I assume after this long of a thing, they're just going to get rid of him. Yeah. It's not like they're struggling without him right now. Right. Whatever. Right. No. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we have some games coming up here that uh, we, we should highlight um, as uh, not that many, not that many of this upcoming weekend as the NFL season gets ready to kick off. So you'll be able to still watch MLS along with your NFL team because there's only one game on Sunday and it's at eight o'clock LA and uh, LA galaxy and St. Louis on Saturday, September 9th is DC United versus San Jose, Miami facing off against SKC, Minnesota facing off against New England, and Portland facing off against LAFC. All those games are on MLS season pass. And then we'll return to action for all the teams on the 16th of September. But we also had a U.S. men's national team camp roster called in. I forget what games these are for because I didn't see them on the schedule here. I think it's Uzbekistan and Oman. Oman, sorry. Yeah, why don't we have them listed on... It would be that week, right? It's not like on the MLS schedule, which is odd because it usually is. Yeah, they play Uzbekistan. Friendlies or are these... uh... Friendly, they're friendly right? yeah okay maybe that's yeah, why they're Uzbekistan, yeah Uzbekistan and Oman Saturday Tuesday um and my wife is rooting for Oman because it used to be her last name Omen because <laughs> 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 I can't root for the U.S. and like it's kind of unpatriotic of you but whatever <laughs> um okay so called in 
for this camp here. Drake Callender getting his first call. Ethan Horvath, Matt Turner. Defender, Sergino Dest, Christopher Lund, Mark McKenzie, Kevin Paredes, Tim Ream, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, and Joe Scally. In the midfield, Johnny Cordozo, Benjamin Kermashi, Luca Della Torre, Weston McKenney, Eunice Musa, Malik Tillman. And forwards, Brendan Aronson, uh, Falarin Balagoon, Cade Cowell, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic, and Timothy Weah. So what do we think about this? Kermashi being called in, Calendar being called in. Some people were really upset that those two were called in, especially Kermashi. But look, he is an Argentine player as well. So you want to make sure you kind of get him into the system and hopefully make the right decision and represent the U.S. Uh, I'm fine with it, right? These are friendlies. I, I think sometimes people take this stuff too seriously and they're like, well, this other guy in the you know second tier of Turkey is playing better than Kermashi right now. And it's like, yeah, but we're trying to recruit a dual nat here as well. And if, if he doesn't become anything, it just doesn't matter. It's friendlies, right? Love the Tim Ream call in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's not, I'm I'm glad he's not I'm done, joking. honestly. I do yeah, like it. I yeah. like that he's I, still I, going. Hey, if he's going to help us through qualification, he didn't have to play in the World Cup. I just love having Tim. He's solid. We don't have qualification, um, so. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I meant, Jordan. Um, no, but uh, Drake Callender and uh, Kermashi coming in because the messy effect. Love it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's great. Um, I think Kermashi actually does have the abilities to be a really good player. Um, don't know about a top talent, but I think he's a good player. Um, I love the Kevin Paredes sign, uh, they're signing, um, bringing in Kevin. Uh, I love him. Love that talent. Uh, I think that that could be useful in the defense. Um, Chris Richards, uh, good to see him. Hope he can stay healthy. Um, Miles as well. Good to see him back. Joe Scally. Love that. Um, I'm excited about this. This is kind of like the turning over of the leaf, right? This is the bringing in some new players and before everybody jumps all over, where's Gio? Uh, Gio's hurt. Um, he's always hurt. So uh, that's why, uh, and no, there's not been made any contact with Gio Reyna, but Jordan and I talked about this. It's going to come Offline. like yeah. Gio. Yeah. <laughs> G- Gio. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, they're probably like, when did you yeah, talk about like, that? They're going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Gio's conversation that'll be had. Uh, it'll be fine. These guys are professionals. I don't imagine Gio's going to make any fuss about it. It's a, you know, it's a starting job um, on the line and Gio's a good player. Um, Gio's kind of chippy too. I could see Gio wanting to perform even better now that Greg's back. I mean, I could really see Gio doing that. And I think Gio um, does end up being uh, a a crucial part going forward. So I'm excited about that. Um, My favorite player is back, Jordan. Um, I do love Timothy Weah so much. So it's exciting for me. I love Timmy. I was wondering. I was like, "What, Luca Della Torre?" Timothy uh, Weah has become like, <laughs> one of my favorites. No, uh, not, no. Ethan Horvath, big Ethan Horvath fan. I, I like the calendar signing. The way he's in form right now, not signing. Uh, Colin, he's in form right now. Use him while you got him. Right, he may not even start or play a game. It's friendly. Well, Sean Johnson's gone, so they needed somebody exactly. else. Exactly, and I think this is fine. <laughs> I, I, I look. I mean. I would even put him above Horvath at this point. Horvath's not really playing, Same. right? Stefan's not really playing. Stefan's injured. I think he would have been called in, they said, but he's injured. So 
It is what it is. Talking about Geo, let's talk about it real quick, just because I know this is on everybody's mind. Would I, would I have loved that that was the first call Greg made when he got hired? Of course. Of course. But what I will say is, maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe I have faith in Greg to do the right thing. But when games matter, when we're calling in our A squad, I still expect him to make the call to Geo and call him in. I don't even know why he'd really have to call Geo separately anyway, to be honest. It's in the past. He was already reprimanded for it. I'm talking about Geo at the World Cup. They got past it at the World Cup. And then it came out, of course, and and created some issues. But, I mean, we know Geo. I think he said he even talked to our sporting director. What's his name? Crocker? So, uh, again, I don't think he would have talked to Geo and then hire a guy that is not going to play Geo. So I do think when it all matters, when it's all playing, if Geo is healthy, that's a key part too, that he'll be called in with the rest of the A squad and he'll be playing. But the thing is right now he's not healthy. It sounds like he was going to get called in and they said that because he is injury, he wasn't. So at that point we would have already had this under the rug, but his injury has kind of made this a, a story again, I feel like. And it doesn't need to be a phone call. It needs to be. Yeah. Just text me. Geo, I don't need a call sitting down at dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just email me. Um, send a pager. Uh, no, I, it needs to be a conversation. It's going to be a conversation, but I, Greg, such a, I do think Greg Berhalter is uh, a consummate professional. What he's done in the past, we can all argue about that. Yes, that's not right. Yes, people get second chances. Yes, I think Greg's done pretty well with that second chance. Could we have gotten a better coach? Duh, like Pep's out there. Duh. I mean, um, there are there are coaches out there that are better. But Jordan, if we weren't going to hire somebody that was shockingly better, I honestly rather stick with Greg. Like the players like him. They really do like him. They really and do. I, and yeah. And and people are like, oh well, now you're changing the tune. I'm like, no, like Greg, if you're going to have, if you're going to grab another guy that's going to be a questionable hire, then why do that? Why not? People like him. Um, well, yeah, he's good like with you young said, players. We were Greg out, right? We, I thought, no, no yes. hard feelings. You did what you could. Time to move on. It sounds like they searched. They didn't really bring up that many good names, but also they talked to the players. The players were all very pro Greg. And I, I, I think it's funny how the, the storyline kind of changed a bit to where, you know, as it became more and more well-known that Pulisic was a fan of Greg, people were like, uh, you know, originally they were like, well, what else is he going to say? Right? Like, obviously he doesn't like Greg. Cause I don't like Greg. And then as he became more like pushing it and, and you're like, Wow. And then there were some people that got weird about it. Like this betrayal from Captain America is unfathomable. I'm like, relax, right? This isn't Stark. This isn't Civil War. We're in all black. (laughs) It's got a beard. But it's like, you know, it's fine if the players like, and then, you know, of course, obviously I don't want the players to have the full say, but I think if like, if Crocker interviewed them and thought this guy is kind of where I want to continue going down the path and the players kind of side with them. And look, that's the thing too. When you talk about the geo situation, 
it seems like the rest of the team liked the way Greg handled that. And uh, maybe just a few outliers, right? Like I think uh, there may have been a few outliers that kind of sided with Geo, but we know that like the leadership of the team, your Yedlins, your Reams, your Pulisics, they were very on the same page with Greg regarding that situation. And I think, like you said, these are all professionals. They'll put that behind them when Geo gets called back in. We've already seen him called back in, not under Greg, right? So they're fine. I think everything will be fine. You know, it's a great team though that they called up. I'm excited. It's like getting the A team without a couple of guys. So I know that's not what YouTubers are supposed to say about this type of stuff. They're supposed to be up in arms about stuff all the time, but I think everything will be fine. I think it's going to all be awful. We're going to be the worst club. We're there not going to qualify yeah, get for those the likes. Get those likes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't qualify for this World Cup, Jordan. I'm going out there and saying it. That's what Cowherd would say. <laughs> We're, we won't qualify for the tournament we already qualified for. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think we can kind of wrap it up there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this team does under Greg again since uh, we, uh, you know, had – a successful Nations League, not a successful Gold Cup without Greg, and we'll see how it all goes from there. But if you want to share your comments on any of the stuff below, was it right to get rid of Robin Frazier? Can Miami still make the playoffs? Is anyone ch- uh, challenging Cincy for the Supporter Shield? And do you think Gio will get called in when ready? Send all that stuff to our comments below, or message us at stateside show on facebook twitter instagram stateside show at gmail.com you can like and subscribe us follow us rate and review us on apple podcasts and spotify that helps other people find the show and thank you all for watching and listening along with us and we will catch you next week